Word of mouth and the World Wide Web are full of information on COVID-19. You know, this is all about our own safety, so we're trying to, to get all the answers we can. And sometimes we're so desperate for those answers, we don't always get them from the best sources. And that can lead us into murky and even wild areas. When we hear the term conspiracy theory, we always think of like, you know, somebody in a basement with a foil hat on coming <laughs> up with these crazy ideas. And that's not actually true. We all engage in this to, to like lesser extents. But the truth is out there. And to get to it, it's going to take some time and effort. We want to just get our information easily, but that's not exactly the way that we can do it. We actually really have to be a little bit more careful. We have to look at the source. We have to um, track those down. I'm Rich Clindworth, and we're looking at COVID-19 misinformation in Season 2, Episode 6 of Talk Like a Pirate. We're joined now for the second time on Talk Like a Pirate with Dr. Andrea Kida. She is an associate professor of folklore in ECU's Thomas Harriet College of Arts and Sciences. Dr. Kida's specialties are in medicine, belief, and the supernatural. Her latest book, The Kiss of Death, Contamination, Contagion, and Folklore, explains how information and misinformation spreads during an outbreak like COVID-19. She has won two International Book Awards for this work, the 2020 Chicago Folklore Prize and the 2020 Brian McConnell Book Award. Dr. Keita, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. The holidays are here and COVID-19 is going to be a major factor in how we celebrate this year. How much will misinformation drive our actions? it probably will drive them quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of different information out there about COVID and what's um, what's appropriate to do, what's not appropriate to do. And I think that's going to be a real problem the holidays, especially because we want to be together so badly. And that's going to be really, really difficult for people to understand why we probably shouldn't be. Which spreads faster, misinformation or COVID-19? <laughs> Really? Um, I don't know. They're both pretty fast spreading. So, um, but it, it is, it's really difficult to know which one is, is quicker um, because they both spread so quickly and, and it's so hard to, to judge the information that we sometimes find. Um, and that's, we, you know, you can't just listen to the news or just read something anymore. You have to really look at what the sources are. Are you surprised that people believe this misinformation? And maybe to take a step back, what mm-hmm. what is misinformation whenever it comes to COVID? Because you hear it all the time, fake news, misinformation. But is there a way to categorize what it is? Yeah, there's really kind of two types. Um, so when we think about misinformation, we want to think about it both as um, 
things that are, are purposefully told to us or, or, you know, not told to us at all. Um, so information that we're not given. Um, but then there's also sort of the other side of it is where we kind of fill in the gaps of information. Um, so those are two di very different things. When we're purposefully told something incorrect um, or where, you know, information is, mis is held from us, um, that's very intentional. Um, so that's a decision that someone is making to either hold that information back or to, to tell us something different than what what is reality. And now if we look at the other side of that, where we're actually just trying to fill in those gaps of information, that's actually a really natural process. So when we don't have all of the details, and we don't have all of the information, um, we're basically trying to, to fill in those gaps. We're trying to, to use our own logic and, and our understanding of science to understand what's actually happening. And that is, you know, there's nothing nefarious about that. It's just us trying to process this information with the information that, that makes sense to us and the information that we already know. Um, so there's nothing really bad about that. That's just how we understand um, science and anything that we don't have a complete picture on. Where does the misinformation come from? lot of different places. So if we're, we're talking about um, intentional misinformation, I mean, that can be from, from pretty much anywhere. Um, there's a lot of different people out there that want to feed misinformation from anything from having a, a political purpose or even um, just some people just do it, you know, as they say on the internet, for the lulls. Um, people do it just to, to uh, ensue chaos. Um, now, on the other hand, with, with misinformation uh, that we're trying to process ourselves, um, you know, that can come from just about anybody. And I think when we think of this in these terms, I think we all do this. Um, it's not something that, that um, uneducated people do or people that don't understand science. We all do it. Um, so we're trying to, to fill in those gaps of information. And that's, a, a like I said, a very natural process. There's nothing nefarious about it. There's just us trying to process. And we all do that on a lot of different levels. And I guess in that respect, we have enough truth in there that it makes sense. And I guess that's how we go with it. Exactly. Yeah. So we're we're looking at these things and we're thinking, okay, we've got partial information. Um, so, you know, if, if we use something like mask wearing, at first we heard not to wear masks. But what they were saying was, you know, don't go out, rush out and buy um, masks that are necessary for medical professionals. Um, so when there was the pivot to let's use cloth masks, people are like, wait a minute, why? We were told not to wear masks. It's like, no, you're told not to, to go out and, and create a shortage in medical masks. Um, so that, that change seems confusing if you don't really understand everything about it. Um, so when we, we don't have all the information or we don't understand everything or maybe we have to backtrack and, and make a little bit of changes here and there as we get new information, I think people get confused by that. And that can be really difficult to kind of explain, like, no, we told you one thing and now we're telling you something different. It's related. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, so we need you to, to kind of pivot your thinking and thinking about this in a different way. Why do people believe misinformation? You know, I think in part because we, we want information. We want everything to make sense. And that's so rare in real life. <laughs> everything doesn't come together beautifully like it does in a conspiracy theory or in some other types of misinformation. You know, it's just us wanting those answers and wanting to know everything. And in part, the reason we want to know that is so that we can be safe and we can protect ourselves. So what we try to do is is find somebody to blame so that we can point to them and say, okay, they're, they're the ones that fault. Um, and if we don't act like them, then we will will be safe. Um, but we're also, you know, this is all about our own safety. So we're trying to, to get all the answers we can. And sometimes we're so desperate for those answers, we don't always get them from the best sources. 
What is the craziest fake news item that you've heard or debunked when it comes to COVID-19? people that please please don't drink bleach that is a terrible idea that's that is just awful for you um but that was probably the one or injecting it too some people were talking about injecting bleach and i was like no please don't do that so i think that was probably the the uh, the one that was the most harmful for sure now not to get into politics on that but mm-hmm. you know the president had made a comment about bleach is that something that that rumor or that misinformation came from him for the first time or was it something that he had heard from someone else i mean or is there even a way to know you know it's probably something that he had heard from somebody else and then he amplified it um so i mean i think it's a pretty natural thing to know that bleach can kill viruses and can kill you know it cleans we know that it's a sanitizing effect so you know there's that that little bit of leap of logic of if it works on countertops why not inside me (laughs) But, but i think we know too that that's that's not a good idea um However, you know, I think there was probably people out there talking about this beforehand um, and then it being amplified um, by by someone who has a, you know, has the, the resources and a voice as loud as the president. And that, I think, could potentially be an issue whenever it comes to this misinformation that you are looking at sources reputable sources. So in this case, you're looking to the president for answers and you hear this or if um I don't know. It's someone that you have a lot of respect for. They say something, they believe it. Does that lead to the credence of believing this misinformation because of the source? Yeah, absolutely. So I I think people who we keep as trusted resources um, really have to be extra careful because you know, we, we trust them and we believe them. So we have to be, you know, we, we want to believe that there are certain people that it's it's safe and comfortable to believe everything they say. Um, but that's not necessarily true because, um, you know, information changes. It's not just misinformation, but information does change over time. Um, but also we have to, we actually have to think about it a little bit ourselves as well. So I think there are people that we, we can trust, but we always do have to think in the back of our mind, what are the motivations? for telling us these things. Um, so, you know, if it's it's motivation of, um, it could be anything from trying to keep people safe or trying not to cause panic or anything along those lines, but we still have to think about motivation as well as, as the information itself. That it's not just an accident that they thought that this was true, that there are potential, yes. um, in, yes. potential so, I mean, intentional... I, I mean, I And that's another thing that we have to consider. Absolutely. Well, what's the best way to combat misinformation? You know, I think we all have to um, think about our sources and we have to look at the information we get. Um, and that's that can be hard to do, and I get that, especially when you're really short on time and you're you're trying to, to just get the information. We don't want to think about looking at sources or, or looking at multiple sources. We want to just get our information easily. But that's not exactly the way that we can do it. We actually really have to be a little bit more careful. We have to look at the source. We have to um, track those down. That's another thing that, that I find myself doing a lot is um, whenever I see, you know, especially like a medical study mentioned, I go and try to find that medical study. Um, and I try to read it or at least, you know, try to look through the summary and see what other people have said about it and, and look at little 
little details. So if I hear that, um, you know, hey, there's this new bit of information that came out. Um, there's a study that's been done that shows X. Well, then I want to go look at that study. I want to see how many people were involved in that, you know, in that if it's a clinical trial, how many people were involved. Um, you know, I want to look through the research. What journal is it published in? Is that a peer-reviewed journal? Um, you know, there's a lot of little things that we can do to check those um things out a little bit further, but a lot of people just don't have the time to do it. And that's unfortunately something we have to make time for. Well, and then building off that, like if you were just to Google something and the topic and then, and not to pick on the news media, but one thing that people don't realize with the news media, most outlets, the vast majority of outlets, I would say, are also members of the Associated Press. And then there's, uh, whenever we're talking about television news outlets, many of them, whether you're a local CBS, Fox, uh, ABC, or NBC affiliate, you're also a CNN affiliate. So knowing that, you will see the same article pop up in multiple places. And I think sometimes that can be a problem because if you Google, like, say, a topic, you will see a five or six different or even more um, titles that are just about the same and you read the blurbs and they're all about the same and you would think that they're all coming from multiple sources when in reality it's coming from one reporter but it's just spread have you seen that as being a problem as well yeah absolutely um and that's absolutely true it's a lot of people pick up on these you know a single story and they put it in other places so that's something else that we have to really look at is where is the original story from um is it a place that is trustworthy um what are the outlets who have picked it up um are they trustworthy and you know and i mean it's one of those things too it's not always for nefarious purposes sometimes you know people just get information wrong or information changes so we have to keep that in mind too that just because because we see something that, that um, contradicts something that was told to us previously, it doesn't necessarily mean that one of the other was wrong. It has to do with the information we had at the time. Well, it seems like every family has a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Why do you think they believe in conspiracy theories? Um, so conspiracy theories are, are these just these amazing stories that make everything all fit together beautifully. And I think that's the real attraction of conspiracy theories is everything is like tied up in this neat little bow. There is a, you know, a group of people that we can blame. Everything just seems so simple and it's just not that simple. So even your most complicated conspiracy theories, everything relates together. And that just doesn't happen in real life, right? Um, everything doesn't have these beautiful conclusions like we see in conspiracy theories. It's just way more complicated than that. And things don't always have that logical conclusion like we see in a conspiracy theory as well. And I guess building off of that as well, when, you know, you hear all these wild conspiracy theories, but maybe one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand turns out to be true. Does that also then give credence to some of these situations that people are more apt to believe them? Absolutely. And, and that is kind of the problem. We don't have a good word for when a conspiracy theory turns out to be true. So if we look at things like um, Watergate or, or even Tuskegee experiments, those all were things that were conspiracy theories until they turned out to be true. And then they, you know, we just don't have a word for that. Um, so I think that's a part of it, too, is that we, we need to recognize that, that some things 
maybe are unknown to us, um, but they're not necessarily conspiracy theories in that sort of way that, that we tend to think about them. Um, I like to also use the term conspiracy thinking because I think we all engage in this. When we hear the term conspiracy theory, we always think of like, you know, somebody in a basement with a foil hat on coming <laughs> up with these crazy ideas. And that's not actually true. We all engage in this to, to like lesser extents. Um, so our conspiracy theories or our conspiracy thinking might be things like um, that the ECU parking police are out to get you personally or something along those lines. Um, so it, it's, you know, we all engage in this. It's it's not um, something that, that only certain groups of people do. It's just to what extent and how extreme do we get with them. Is social media a problem? <laughs> so I hate to say yes immediately. Social media helps the spread. Um, we're the problem, of course. <laughs> um, it's it's us that uses social media. Social media is a tool. So we need to, to be better about the ways we use social media. And before we share something, we have to check it. And we have to, to make sure that it is from a good source and that, that it has good information in it instead of just sharing something immediately. And, and my, you know, the thing that I do think that we do, though, the worst is we don't even read the article. We just look at the title and think, yes, that's something I agree with, and then share it. And that's really not a good idea. Um, and they're actually, that's something that social media is actually trying to get us to stop doing um, to the extent where um, places like Twitter are asking you to comment if you're going to to uh, retweet something or to put something out there. Um, and even Facebook is saying, hey, this is you know about the election or this is about COVID. Um, are you sure you want to do this um, and, and kind of catching some of the um, the the worst sources out there. But it's still it's up to us to make good decisions. What's the best way to handle a COVID discussion over the holidays? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, it is one of those things that, that can be difficult to talk to people about. Um, so I think what we need to do is try to understand people's perspectives, because even if we don't agree with them, um, that's how we help have the discussion, right? Um, if we start with just yelling at each other, that's not going to help. Um, so ask somebody, well, what are you afraid of? What do you think um, is the, the big problem with it? And then start with what they think instead of assuming what they think and, and kind of just start the conversation there. Um, so sometimes, yeah, we do need to listen a little bit more, but sometimes we need to listen so that we can help correct as well. And can you ever get anybody to believe the truth? because um, some people are very set in their values and, you know, we have to have to talk to them. And it's maybe not just one conversation. It's probably going to be multiple conversations. And that's um, it's exhausting and it's tiring sometimes and especially frustrating when it's people we love. But, um, you know, it's it's going to be worth it in the end. So sometimes we, we have to put that effort in. And I guess with that, with truth there, I guess there can be several perspectives that both sides are true. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's parts, there's a little bit, a kernel of truth to everything, right? So what we need to do is, is find that truth that we agree on and work from there. What have we learned, if anything, from this pandemic when it comes to misinformation? Well, I think we've learned that it's, it's very easy to find misinformation. Um, and I think we've also learned that we're not as good at um, discerning what information is good versus what information is bad. Before we go, can you tell us a little bit about your book, The Kiss sure. of Death, Contamination, <laughs> Contagion, and Folklore? Yes, absolutely. So um, it's, it's a book that 
talks a lot about um, contagion and contamination in a lot of different ways. So um, I talk about disease, but then I also talk about supernatural contagion. Um, I talk about vaccination in it. Um, I talk about ghosts and vampires. <laughs> so it's a, it really kind of goes across a, a lot of different topics. Um, but with that, that same kind of core idea is why do we use these words contagion and contamination so much in our culture? And why do we constantly talk about things that aren't literally contagious as being contagious? So things like ideas and thoughts and, and all those kind of things as also being contagious, like we think of disease being contagious. And you mentioned vaccine in there. Can um, Does that touch upon, now this was done before COVID-19, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so would it bleed into some of what you're discussing in the book with the upcoming vaccines that are being announced for covid same themes, um, especially when it comes to vaccine hesitancy. Um, So people are going to be probably hesitant for the same reasons that they've been hesitant of vaccines in the past. Um, And we're also going to see some of the the same um, rumors and legends about it, too. Um, I'm sure I'm already seeing this uh, before we even have the vaccine. Um, Everything from, you know, we're going to be secretly microchipped um, to that that this uh, that COVID was actually an invention that um, someone created for a nefarious purpose or even even just to, to make sure that we get all microchipped with the, the via the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If someone wants to read your book, where can they get it? Um, yeah. So you can, most places carry it. So you can get it anywhere from Amazon to most bookstores. Um, but you can also download a free copy of it um, right from the publisher. So Utah State University Press has an area where you can actually download a free copy. Excellent. Do you have any final thoughts here on misinformation when it comes to COVID-19? to keep looking at those sources and and remember that scientific information changes when we get more information. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know, someone was wrong or something was incorrect, we're doing the best with what we have the moment. So it's okay for us to learn new information and change our beliefs based off of that. Dr. Andrea Kita, thank you so very much for taking your time and talking with us. Absolutely. You're very welcome. Well, that's it for season two, episode six of Talk Like a Pirate. We hope you learned how to wade through all this COVID-19 information that's out there and how to find the truth, because the truth is also out there somewhere. We always appreciate you taking your time to listen to us. So thank you very, very much. Until the next time, please stay safe and healthy. And you'll probably want to avoid those middle-of-the-night deep internet dives on COVID-19 conspiracies. They don't always take you to good places. But don't forget, always be yourself unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate.